we just came through a season where, you know, when you turn on the TV, there's all kinds of paranormal stuff, you know. Um, I mean, we just come through that Halloween thing, you know. When our kids were little, we had to stop watching TV like Disney or whatever in September because it's leading up to the whole paranormal monsters, ghouls, ghosts, all that kind of stuff. And then we, you know, we come to church, we sing a song called Ghost, you know. And let me tell you something, paranormal is, that's beside the point. Because what we have is a supernatural that lives on the inside of us. Called the Holy Spirit. He's holy because he's set apart. He's not like other, other spirits, you know. Not like other spirits at all. It's not paranormal. It's his super on our natural, right? That's what Holy Spirit does. That's what Holy Spirit's about. Man, that's that song wrecks me. And it's just so good because there is there is a ghost that lives on the inside of you. He's awesome. He's awesome. You you want to see heaven come to earth? A, a, a paranormal ghost won't do that. They just boo you around the corners, you know. But a supernatural ghost comes and and um, fills who you are and brings miracle signs and wonders. He gives you the touch or the the ability to reach into the heavenlies and pull down what you need in this earth, to pull down salvation, to pull down infilling of the Holy Spirit, to pull down uh, healing. about you that should excite that should excite you because we don't get we don't get heaven without the holy ghost amen and i know that that whole word ghost you know holy ghost all that kind of stuff you know we try to lighten it up a little bit with holy spirit it's all the same it's all the same but he's awesome he's awesome i heard um in going going back to the get ready, I, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? I mean, I've been hearing that for years. I'm 53 years old, and 52 of those years, I've heard my grandma, I heard my mom, I heard my dad, I heard people say around me that that Jesus is coming soon. After 50 years, I think, uh, when? But, but the thing about it is, is it's not it's not about you knowing when as much as you about you being ready for the when. It's about you being ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? In in Mark's gospel chapter 13, uh, about verse 20, something like that, Jesus is talking, he's talking about the when. And he said. He said, there's a, there's a generation that's going to be upon this earth whenever the, he says, whenever the fig tree blossoms, the fig tree produces fruit. He said, he said when, when, when you see that, now he wasn't talking about a regular fig, fig tree. He was talking symbolically of Israel. See, from 70 A.D. all the way up to 1948 A.D., there was no Israel. But the United Nations in, in 1948 
gave Israel this little piece of property, gave Israel back to the Israel people, Hebrew people, right? And Jesus said, when you see that happen, when you see the fig tree, symbolic of Israel, when you see that happen, he says, by no means will this generation pass away without seeing the coming of the Lord. Now, if you were born 1948 and after, he says this generation will see the return of Jesus. So if it's that close, if it's that close, if it's that close, get ready. (laughs) Get ready. Amen. Get ready. God, praise you. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you that you are Father. You are God. Papa, I thank you so much for giving us, to to let us live during this time that we get to see all of these things unfold and watch your son come to get us. We We get to lay our eyes on him when he comes and gets us. So God, today we make ourselves ready in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Holy Ghost, come. Fill this place. Fill this place with your presence. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You believe that today? Turn around and tell somebody I believe it. All right. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Well, I hope you're I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Darren Leghorn. I'm the lead pastor here and and uh, my wife and I founded this church back in 2000, so we've been we've been at this for a while, but we're still learning how to 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 navigate it. You know what I mean? But uh, anyways, um, we, we appreciate you guys coming this morning. Like Rhett said, you know, there's a lot of other places you could be, but you chose to be here this morning, and we appreciate that very much because we've got, um, we've got a special uh, day lined up for you. God is good. And, uh, you know, are you stalking me back there? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Bye. I think about five years ago, I, I'd heard about you for years from Glenn Smith and, and Corey, but uh, about five years ago, we were at a, a Cowboy Ministers Conference, and there was something that happened. I'd, I'd never met Ricky and Lori before, but there's something that happened in that conference that day that just brought a, here I go, <laughs> just brought a knitting together a brotherhood, a, 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 a beautiful tapestry. Amen. And, and that, that day something happened, and, and we just, it was just like we were, were meant to be friends. And, um, and then I didn't see him for another year. We went back to the same conference, and then um, he patted his chair, and he said, come sit with me. I said, all right, I'll come sit with you. And, and uh, so there's a friendship that struck up, and... Um, and I knew from that point that I, I wanted to have him come and preach. So this is five years in the works, and, and uh, man, I, I just, 
I appreciate you being here. Oh, man, thank you so and, much uh, for having me. Such a cool job mixing oh. in with the band and such a cool layer that was in that song. I loved it. Anyways, um, it, without further uh, taking his time, um, would you all give a cowboy church welcome to Ricky Bowen? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Thank y'all. Man, we, uh, Darren and I struck a chord in Lynette and my wife. I would like to honor my wife. She doesn't like to be recognized very often. And so she's like one of those that likes to stay in the background because Ricky's always been out there, sometimes not by choice. But so if y'all would, y'all just welcome my wife, Laurie. Stand up. And I am the first to admit I'm married up. You know what? Trey Johnson made a, a, a statement at the minister's conference a couple of years ago that you should never be the smartest person in the room you're in. And what a true, what a true statement because we should always be learning. Well, I told Trey, my wife has worked her tail off and she has a, a, a succeeded in getting her PhD several years ago. So I will never be the smartest person as long as she and I are together, y'all. So honored to be here. Uh, I can't say enough about your pastors that you are so blessed. And we told him this this morning. I, I read something uh, a week or so ago, and I told Laurie, and it said that when you sit with warriors, your conversation is different. And so Laurie and I, we bonded. We Man, it's like Darren said. We knew there was something. Darren made the statement to me one time, it's probably good you and I don't live very close because we'd be in trouble a lot. It's probably right. I would probably get the blame for most of that. I'm just going to be up front about that. But yesterday, we were so honored. We came up on Friday, and we were so honored that we got to spend the day with them. What a blessing. And last night, and so I'm a lot like your, pre your pastors. I get choked up at times, and so you'll have to deal with that. If you don't like it, then get over it. Okay? Amen? Is it okay to tell them that? Yeah? Okay, good. But so last night when we got to the hotel, Laurie goes, that's what sitting with warriors is like. That's your pastors, y'all. Jesus, yes. Well, I'm not going to give you too much background because you don't really need to know too much of my background. Because, well, it's the FBI, I can't tell a lot about it. But no, I'm kidding. Yeah, you resemble that. I'm a fiddle player. I'm a musician. And 10 years ago, God and, and then my pastor at Williamson County Cowboy Church decided I was supposed to be in the ministry. And I didn't agree with that. And some of y'all can say amen to that because you're probably in that place right now. Amen? And so it was foreign. And so I, I moved to Texas, back to Texas from Branson, Missouri. I am originally from Texas. And I moved back and started running the music at the Cowboy Church. Kirsty, I know your pains. Nothing against the band, but I deal with musicians constantly, so I know what that's about. And then a few years later, Corey says, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be there tomorrow, so you're doing music and preaching. Uh-huh. What? What? 
to stand up and preach the word. Y'all, I can tell you one honest thing. I could spit cotton balls across that Coliseum that day. We were on the road at a rodeo. I was scared. But, you know, I've learned to embrace that. And and to be here today to minister to y'all, God's really been dealing with me some things. And as Christians nowadays and time nowadays, y'all have to excuse me because I am country, even though I, I went to college and I did finish. I've got enough hours to almost have a Ph.D., but it's in about 50 different things, you know. <laughs> now, day and time, we have to learn what our perspective is. And I'm going to start there. We're going to get somewhere, and, and I'm going to get you there pretty quick. But I want to talk to you all about perspective. And the definition of perspective is it's a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. It's a point of view. It's your point of view. And now day and time with all the junk, and I've heard, I believe one of your pastors say that, and I use this word from the pulpit, it is legal. It is, there's a lot of crap going on nowadays. Amen? Amen. I'm not in trouble, am I? Okay, good. So our perspective, how is your perspective? Have you ever noticed that when you look at something one way, but here, I'll give you this example. So we live out in the country outside of Burnett, Texas, close to a lake. And we live about four or five miles off of the main road. And so I drive that road, man, four or five times a day a lot of times. The other day I was driving, but I was going back to the house, and I saw, well, there, there was a new entrance there. But it wasn't new, but it was new to me. You see, going one way, my perspective was I couldn't see that. But coming back this way, it changed my perspective going, oh, wow, when did they put that in? That's a nice entrance. But it had been, I mean, it couldn't have happened overnight. It had to be there. What's your perspective today? Well, so I want to, uh, I may not have given, uh, this is, y'all, this is new, having Scripture on, because we don't do that. We, we just get your Bible and hang on. And I love this, though, so this is new for me. I didn't give you this scripture, so don't worry about putting it up there. Okay? We'll worry about it later. If you have your Bibles or your phone, flip over to uh, Numbers. That's at the front of the Bible for those of you who are, are and, and I don't make light of it because I still have to, every now and then I have to go to index because I just have a blank. It's like, where's that at? I know it's in there. They didn't take it out, but I couldn't find it. Amen? So in Numbers 13, I'm going to set it up for you. And this is where the Lord wanted Moses to send some guys out to go check out some land over in Canaan. He wanted them to go look because that's where he, God was wanting to send Moses, wanted the people to go over there and look. So let's pick, I'm going to pick it up in um, it's chapter 13 in Numbers. That's on page 202 in my Bible. Um, so... Let's, uh, let me see here. Verse 27, let's start there. And they, they came, had just come back and they told him, We came unto the land whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. And they came back and earlier in the scripture, it says that they had grapes on a staff between two men. Man, that's some serious fruit right there, y'all. I mean, I want some, don't you? you crawl up on the couch with one grape and eat that grape. I want that kind of land. Amen? So Caleb and Joshua, 
they're just painting this beautiful picture of what they saw. That's their perspective. But then let's go on down a little bit. Caleb stilled the people. This is in verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to, well able to overcome it. Verse 31, look at this. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. The same, they went and looked at this place the same time. And they have people going, No, no, no. Oh, they're big. We can't take them. But you have Caleb and Joshua's perspective going, man, it's beautiful. We can take them because God is with us. The Lord is with us. We can take it. But And, and we're not going to continue because I'm going to move on, but I'm setting you up for that later they got stoned because those people were like their perspective was not what Caleb and Joshua's was. What's our perspective as Christians right now? It's supposed to be an attitude. Our attitude is right here, y'all. Our attitude. And it says in 1 Corinthians that we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Amen? That's supposed to be our perspective and our attitude. So, yes, this one is on there. Would you put up Romans 12 too, please? Uh, whew, thank you, Lord. If you're flipping over there, say amen when you get there. If you're not there yet and you're still flipping, say, oh, my. Okay, that's all right, Bill. They got, oh, look at this. Hey, that's cool. Man, that fancy place here now. I like that. So this says, do not be, con this is the amplified, by the way. I like the way it says it. Do not be conformed to this world. Y'all, that's what the world wants us to be right now. They want everybody marching in line doing what everybody else is doing. But as Christians, you know, the word calls us, we're peculiar people. Don't ever take offense to being peculiar. I'm not normal, y'all. I guarantee you, anybody around me will tell you that. I love the Lord. Thank you, baby. It's not supposed to be an amen in that part. Moving on, but it's... Fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas, your mind's new ideas, and its new attitude. See, because if we're not conformed to the world, but we're being transformed, then we have a new attitude in Christ. So that you may prove for yourselves, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Amen. When we learn to have that Christ-like attitude, then we're not putting up with the junk that's going on. It's not going to bother us, y'all. Amen. See, attitude is a major component in your life. Now, anybody that says it's not, I'm sorry, but I will disagree with you. Because your attitude about everything affects your body. It affects your people around you. We have four daughters, my wife and I. Four daughters. Let me tell you, I can tell you all about some attitude. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We were talking yesterday. It was not pretty at times, you know. And, they're, and a couple of them pretty close together. Well, they're all fairly close together. And holy cow. You have teenage girls in the same house. I go to the bedroom. I hid food in the bedroom. Cause, and, I, and I'll tell y'all, because this is just Ricky. I'm, 
upfront about everything. I hid food in my underwear drawer because I knew my daughters would not look there. <laughs> and that's truth. We're in church. I'm not lying. And when it got ugly, I go to the bedroom, shut the door, and raid the underwear drawer. <laughs> But see, we don't realize attitude. My oldest daughter, she married a, a, a man that's uh, quite about 10 or 12 years older than her. And so he already had kids that were a little older. She got bonus daughters. And one of them was 13. And my daughter was then was probably in her late 20s. And Laurie and I, I don't know if we were at home or what, the phone rings. Hey, baby. She goes, Dad, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, what the heck did you? What? Okay. You're, you're sorry? Okay. She goes, yeah, we were out to supper a while ago. And she said, I told Ashlyn to do something. And she looked at me with the attitude. And I thought, I never looked at my dad. Oh, my gosh, I did. <laughs> so I told Rhett this morning, the older that your dad gets, the smarter he is. <laughs> attitude, y'all. Attitude. What is your attitude toward this? Attitude is an internal position or feeling, manner, dis disposition with regard to a person or thing, especially of the mind. Ephesians 4 tells us that we put off the old man and we put on the new man. See, the new man is that new attitude that Romans is talking about. It's changing your mind. It's getting rid of the junk. You don't have to give in to the junk, y'all. You cannot allow yourself because nowadays it's easy, right? I mean, this election crap that was going on. Sorry, I said it again. This election stuff, Laurie had it on the other night because we don't watch news. I refuse. Very rarely do I watch it. I read what I want to read. And they were talking about the different elections. And, and I told her, I said, you know what? You listen to this very long, and I want to slap that person on the TV. I know that's not Christ-like. And I, had to, I repented because I wanted to. I didn't do it. I couldn't reach them. But, see, now day and time, that's what the world wants us to do. That's how they want us to react. They want to, and it's not, what, I, what we've, we were talking about this yesterday, is it's not about me or you, it's the problem they have. See, they want to attack you because it's the problem they have. It's what's going on in them, but they want to pour it on you. What's your attitude? Are you going to allow that? According to the word, we're supposed to have a Christ-like attitude about everything. Everything. That means everybody you come into contact with, you have a Christ-like attitude. Y'all, we got to quit wallering in self-pity. How do you like that word, waller? I love that. My dad used to tell me, well, you're mad. You can just quit wallering in it and get up and get on. Amen? That's what we have to do as Christians. We got to quit wallering because it didn't go the way we thought it should or the way we wanted it to, but get our attitude on. God made me more than a conqueror. Amen? He didn't make me some little whiny, no, that's what cowboy church is about. The men can still be men. Amen? We ain't, we ain't walking around being feminine. No, 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 no. We're the head of our household. We're the spiritual leaders of our house. And so that's what our attitude has to be. Now, does that mean that we push our wives or our girlfriends or whatever aside? No, no, no. They walk with us, but we are 
the, the lead of our house, our spiritual leader. Change our attitude. We have to get that Christ-like attitude. You see, it affects our choices. This is where I'm going, y'all. That was just the intro. Darren told me we had till 2 o'clock today. So. I'm kidding, y'all. Don't. Don't. Geezy. Easy. They'll turn on you pretty quick. Um, I listened to your pastor's message last weekend. It was awesome. He's talking about no limits. He's talking about that when we miss the mark, because that's what sin is, is when we miss the mark. And he was talking about shooting that bow and arrow. And I was thinking about this message today, and he said that when we aim low, that's when we sin. That's a sin. When we're capable of here, but we go, oh, I'm just going to do this. That's a sin. But guess what, y'all? That's a choice. Do you realize how many choices you make in a day? I'm telling you that from the time you get up in the morning, you have a choice as how your day's going to go. It's a choice. And I, I challenge y'all tomorrow to start counting in one day how many choices you have to make. My wife doesn't like that because that's what she does. That's She she's works for an online university, so she's constantly making decisions. And so in the evening, I want to get her out of the house. She works from home. I said, where are you going to go eat, baby? I don't care. I don't want to make a decision. We've got it down, though. We're better because now I just... She said, give me three choices. Give me three choices. I don't want Mexican food today. I don't want, you know, or I don't want that, whatever. So, but it's a choice. It's a choice, y'all. What are you choosing? Well, the Bible tells us it's so amazing. Isn't God good? You know, because... He tells you to do something, but He gives you the answer. But do you choose to accept that answer? Yeah, I mean, you know, when God said, oh, you're going into ministry, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. Man, and here I am. It's, it's a choice, y'all. So let's go to Deuteron uh, yeah, Deuteronomy 30. I actually wrote that one down. Deuteronomy 30. Ho. Oh. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Woo! Yes. You know, y'all, when I preach, it's like when I play the fiddle. If somebody hollers when I play the fiddle, I play better. And if somebody ain't hollering in here, then it's going to be down here. And I'll have to ask for, for repentance because I'm aiming. The, I'm not aiming down there, but it's like, no. But you can be, it's okay. God loves it when we say hallelujah or glory or amen. Come on, y'all. This is, I didn't come to Colorado to, for y'all to just sit here. My goodness. Okay, are we at Deuteronomy yet? Because I'm not. I'll get there. Holy Spirit, you are so good. I can't even find it in my Bible, and I know it's in here. I get to listen to the Holy Spirit, and he tells me so many things, and it's like, wow, that's so good. Chapter 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. Now, I studied this out, and it says that heaven, he's calling heaven to observe us, to, 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 to see what's going on, to record this, and the earth is the worldly way. Because I didn't really get that when I first read it. And I'm going to be honest with you all. Sometimes when I read something, I don't just get it. You know? It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. So, 
Heaven, or are we going to do it the earthly way? Because that made sense. I thought, that doesn't make sense when I first read it. But if we go on, it says that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. See, he gives us the answer. You know, he gives you, it's not even a task because he gives you the answer. But he says, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So we've established that heaven is observing us. Earth is observing us. What are you going to choose? He says, choose life or death, blessing or cursing. But he says, choose life. Well, in Proverbs, it tells us that the life and death is where? In the power of our tongue. Amen? Amen. So if we choose life, then we're choosing blessing. However, and what that represents, it's not just that, well, if I don't choose life, well, I'm dead. No. It's, that isn't necessarily what it means. It means that you're, gonna, you're choosing to live the way the world lives. Oh, amen. What are you choosing? Are you choo- and then it says, or blessing or cursing. God's not going to curse you. It's what you choose that curses you. Amen. It's what you choose. If I choose life and I choose blessing, I'm blessed. Because I know the word, the power is in my tongue. Y'all. I have to tell you, and, and we're entitled to rabbit trails, I think. I don't know. Darren probably does it, or Lynette does it. They don't do rabbit trails, but I'm from Texas, so we have, we have big rabbits. She does. But when I first got into ministry and they were talking about the power of our tongue, I never understood that. I thought, uh-uh, really? What we say is going to come to pass, really? But then I, I, I really re, I reflected back. I inherited the fiddle playing from my great-granddad. My great-granddad lived to be 102 years old. He was sane. He was healthy till he went to be with the Lord. And he chose when he was going to be with the Lord. I was 25 years old. He was the only, my granddad's both passed away at an early age, so grandpa was always there. And I'd go hang out with him. He lived in a little house behind my grandma's house. And he, but my mom told me he always told her when my dad and him got married, he, he told my mom that he was going to live to be 100 and he was just going to go to sleep and not get up. 102 on a Sunday night, I still remember they called. And they said, Grandpa said he ain't getting up here in the morning. He ain't going to be here. If y'all want to come by and say goodbye or call or whatever, they were trying to make him eat. And he said, I'm 102 years old. I'm tired. I don't, I'm done. He said, don't, I won't be here tomorrow. He knew everybody that called. He knew everybody. He could name every fiddle tune I could play. And at one time I could play a thousand fiddle tunes. And guess what on Monday morning? Grandpa wasn't with us no more. He was in heaven. The power, y'all, that is a true story. The power that's in your mouth, you have to get a hold of it. For those of you who are just new in Christianity, take it from somebody that once was new that didn't get that. It's true. Woo! It works. Start speaking. The Bible says to call things that's not as though they are. Right? So that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, let's move on. Oh, wait, I made a good note here. When we, sorry, I told Darren, I said, as I've grown in my ministry and learning, I don't use notes very often anymore. I mean, I write stuff down, but sometimes I get there. I relate 
ministry to music because that's my heart. And choosing life is not about just breathing. Y'all, do you understand that? And I relate it to a George Strait song. Anybody know, ever heard of George Strait? Just checking. But if there's a song that says it's, life is not about breathing in and out, but it's the moments that take your breath away. What moments do you choose? What moments do you choose that takes that breath away that God said, this is for you? Oh, man, pick me. Pick, put me in, coach. I want to play. Amen. Amen. Where's that moment that just like this morning, man, we were sitting in the, the uh, what is it? The dining area at the hotel. Come on, babe, help me here. And there was, we met a guy in there yesterday morning, and his son plays football for uh, UNC. Yeah. And so him and his wife were in there this morning, and, and, and we spoke to him, you know, and said, how'd your son do? He caught his first touchdown pass yesterday. So that was awesome. You know, I think they won. And, uh, and there was a, a black gentleman sitting in there, and, we, and so we all got to talking, you know, and he goes, well, did y'all, were y'all here for, because I had my hat on, you know, he said, y'all here for the gun show? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I have guns, trust me. They just won't let you carry them on an airplane. Um, I frown on that. That's... And we got, and I told him that I was ministering at Cowboy Church, and we invited, we, and, and, but, so we started having this conversation, and I explained to him about, he wanted to know about Cowboy Church. That's what I told him about, man, men are masculine. We're not, we're stand up for what we believe, and that's the word of God. He said, it's not a denomination. I said, no, no, no. It's this, the truth. And what was amazing is, is that black gentleman joined in our conversation. And we were, I said, you know, this is so cool. That we're all sitting here having this conversation. We might not all agree, but we actually did all agree. Amen. They were like, all, all of them were going, you know what? We need God. We've got to start standing up and taking back our country. And we've got to stand up for our kids. And we've got to stand up for God because this is one country under God. And then there's a lady sitting over here, and she goes, what time is church? And I told her. And she said, well, I really, I said, come join us. And she said, well, I really should. She said, I'm having to stay in the hotel. My kids are sick and I can't go home because I don't want to catch it. She said, they really need prayer. I chose at that moment, we prayed for her right then Amen. with her out loud in a dining room at the Hilton, what was it, Homewood Suites. I chose to pray for her. And she was so thankful. What do you choose? See, that may not be you, and what does your walk look like, but you have to start choosing. Ten years ago, it would have freaked me out. I'm just being honest. I'm being real. I, that's Ricky. It would have scared me to no end. Somebody go, oh, pray for me. Okay, I will later. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. See, we have to choose that attitude that we're going to do whatever it takes to get God's name, Jesus, back where it's supposed to be. Amen. Amen. What do you choose? So this is the reality of your choice. That's the first thing I want you to get, the reality of your choice. Verse 20, 
that thou mayest love thy Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Amen. So we're supposed to obey the Lord, right? What the greatest commandment is love. Well, if we're obeying God, then we have to learn to walk in that love. Sometimes that's not easy, y'all. The way everything is nowadays, when we left the airport in the traffic on Friday, it was hard to be in love. I'm not... It was hard. The traffic was horrible. I thought, this is Austin. Who wants to drive in that? But we have to learn. People cut you off. People wave at you. Not nicely. I'm like, I'm in this lane. I need in this lane. And I'm getting over there. Please just let me through. But they don't tend to like that sometimes. I don't know. We have to walk in love because that's God's commandment. Amen. He's telling us because he loved us first, we are supposed to love him. That's first and foremost, y'all. As a Christian, because Jesus told us that's the greatest commandment. We have to choose. Everybody say choose. choose. Amen. Say, I choose. I choose. Now, don't stutter on me. To walk, to walk. In, love. in love. Amen. All right. So, Verse 20, we're supposed to love thy God with all our heart and soul. And one place it says to love God, the Lord, with our heart and all our might and our soul. Because that's with all our being. Man, it can't be half in and half out. Do you choose today? Well, it's just lukewarm. You know? Because there are days. Man, everybody goes through something. Amen? How do you go through it? Do you choose to go through it fussy and grippy? And wives, please don't hit your husbands. But what do you choose? It's all, it's your choice. See, that's the God we serve, y'all. He's a free will God. We, (laughs) okay, so it's the Holy Spirit. I was having to listen real close. That's all he wanted when he created Adam and Eve, right? He wanted a relationship. And Laurie and I have had this conversation about, well, I wonder why God even let Satan, the snake, in. And as I was preparing this, I, I was researching it, and I was watching stuff and listening. And I saw that one, that one guy said, the reason that God let Satan in the garden is they wouldn't have had to make a decision. Had the, say, had the snake not been in there. You see, why did the, And Laurie goes, and I even wonder why they put the apple tree, because my wife wonders a lot. And I love her for that. She has lots of questions in it. Boy, it pushes me. I told y'all, I'm not the smartest cookie in the room when she's around. Probably most of y'all around, I'm not. But He put the apple tree in there. Why did he do that? Free will. See, they had to choose. And here's a point that the Holy Spirit, that's, we were kind of having our own conversation a while ago. God wants to be involved in all your choices. 
not just the big ones, because part of the time we think, oh, it's no. Y'all, the whole thing got screwed up with the little apple. Come on. Come on. They chose to eat the apple. And it messed everything up. So see, but that's God. Had, he he could have just said, okay, we're not putting a snake in there. We're not putting a tree in there. We're just going to be fine. But there wouldn't be free will. That's our Lord. That's our Lord that we serve that loved us first. He loved us so much that he allows us to make those choices. But we have to learn to walk the way God wants us to walk in those choices. Oh, my. I better turn the page. The next thing I want y'all to get is the value of your choice. Amen? When you make a choice, you have to realize that there's a value in every choice you make. We don't, we don't, when we make choices, a lot of times we don't think about these things. But the value of our choice, and I, I'm just, I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to, because most of us know the story. I think you preached on David, not too, somebody did not too long ago here. See, I listen to y'all stuff all the time, so you can't get away with much. I like it. I drive, I have to drive a lot, so I listen, and I love y'all's church. But in where David, when he came and he ran into the uncircumcised Philistine, you see, he came in and he wasn't afraid. But the army, and so they were afraid. And they said it. They were dismayed. The word says that they were dismayed, that they were fearful, and they were dismayed. I don't know, but Isaiah 41.10 says that we're supposed to fear not. Be thou not dismayed. I'm the Lord your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. The word tells us not to be in fear. Amen? So that's what I like. The value of David's choice. He chose that I'm coming in here, and they're all going, oh, you can't do that. He will kill you. And then they try to put the armor on him. And he's like, can y'all imagine? I mean, that would be like me trying to put that armor on and just be going. This is not working for me, okay? But David knew that. He didn't need that armor. He needed God's armor. He had already experienced God's armor because he beat the lion and the bear. And, and he knew what God would do if he chose. Chose. Everybody say chose. chose. That's right. He chose to include God in his choice. Well, we know the story. As a year or two ago, Darren preached a sermon, said David cut off his head and was walking down the road. I could see it. Carrying Goliath's head. Going, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Talking head. What's your choice? Do you choose to include God in your choice? Amen? Amen? We have to. Third thing. This is a good one. I mean, even if I do, I don't, I don't mean that braggingly, but this is a good one. The impact of your choice. See, because when we make a choice, what we have to realize is it doesn't just affect you. Doesn't just affect you. It affects uh, people that you may not even know. And especially as Christians, when we make a choice in public to act a certain way that's not becoming of a Christian, why would those people want to be a Christian? 
Amen? I mean, I didn't wave back at those people on Friday because it's not me. I mean, they, they might not have waved friendly, but I didn't wave back either. You see, we have to choose, but the impact of our choice. So um, 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 let's go to Daniel. If you have your, I didn't put this one up there, sorry. Go to, flip over to Daniel if you have your Bibles or your phone. Because I think this is, this is one of the neatest examples of the impact of a choice. And it'll be Daniel 3. And verse 15 just tells us that Nebuchadnezzar had made a golden blob to worship. And he wanted everybody to worship that golden blob. I don't know what it says image, but I like blob better because it just. <laughs> they had this golden blob and he had told uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that because they got in trouble because they didn't bow down. They didn't worship that. So they've called them in and they're telling them this. So verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine own hand, O king. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's, they made a choice right then. And they said that our Lord will deliver us out of it. But watch this. What's even more interesting is verse 18 says, but if not. Now here they're going, our Lord will deliver us, but if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Y'all, when we make that decision to follow God, he has our back no matter what. Now, it may not go through like I think it should. Don't get quiet. <laughs> you understand? Because even though I choose to walk with God, and okay, God, you wanted me to, I made this decision because I feel like I heard from you, but it didn't go the way I thought it would. He knows what he's doing. Amen? Amen. And Ricky don't. But in that song, I had to write it down. A while ago in that song that y'all were singing, Kirsty, the fresh, fresh fire burned for you. Was it I will burn for you? And that was that the lyric? See, I'm I'm an instrumentalist, so words sometimes don't stick. I apologize to you, lyricist. Is that right? Lyricist? Sounded good. <laughs> well, thanks. It had to be Holy Spirit, it wasn't me. <laughs> But where's it at? Where's it at? Let's see. So he heated up the furnace, and I want you to see this. And he commanded the most mighty men that they were in his army to, to bind the three guys, the three amigos, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And that's what the Holy Spirit was showing me with that song. And it was like, then these men were bound in their coats, their, their hosen and their hats and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, the, it was so hot it burned the guys that opened the door. But then they went in, and it says, in the midst of the burning fir, uh, fiery furnace in 24, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, astoined? I don't know, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his council, 
lures, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Praise Jesus. Amen. That song. The Holy Spirit said, that's the way we're supposed to walk, y'all. That's the choice that we're supposed to make. That even though we burn for the Lord, we don't burn. Amen? Do I need to say that again? Did you get it? Even though we choose and we burn for the Lord, we're not going to burn up, y'all. Amen? That's the world that's going to burn up. Amen? Woo, Jesus. I could, that was so awesome. Because... He was talking about that Jesus was in the fire because those three guys burned for the Lord. But he kept them from being burned. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. See, when we that's the impact. And here's the even the further impact. If and we're not going to for now, but y'all can read it later if you haven't, is that it impacted Nebuchadnezzar says, Oh, your Lord, we're going to honor your God. Their choice changed. He told that people will will celebrate your Lord. That was their choice, but their impact was wide. What are you choosing? When you choose something, you better stop and think about, now if I do this, what does it impact? Who does it impact? God will show you if you will listen. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, I'm close. One thing that we have to understand, it used to freak me out when I first got in the ministry. That's not a bad word, is it? I'm, just, I'm new here. I would like to come back sometime. I don't want to just run it the first time I'm here. But it, it, what used to freak me out is, is our pastor would teach us that God's already done everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not What? Oh, it got quiet. That's <laughs> what I did. But listen, y'all, God has done everything. He's already set before us what we're supposed to do in a relationship. He's already set before us healing. He's already set before us for our finances. He's already set before us how we're supposed to raise our kids. He's already set before us all this stuff, good stuff, our life manual. What do you choose? It's your choice. You see, that's what God said. He's done it all. He's laid it out there for you. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Amen? What are you choosing? Your pastor's walking the tough deal right now, but you'd never know it. He chooses to walk it with the Lord. Amen? I feel... I understand, not in his diagnosis that they gave him, but I wound up in the hospital seven years ago, and I fight on a daily basis. I know my healing's there, and I'm still believing for it. In days, some are good, and some... This morning, the devil didn't want me here. Five o'clock, I'm in the gym running on the treadmill going, not today, devil, not today, baby. He's not keeping this... Because it's up to me. It's not up to my wife. It's not up to your pastors, Darren and Lynette. It's up to you. Choose. How do you choose? I choose to be on fire. Woo! 
Man! I tell you why, because that's what the world needs to see is us on fire for the Lord. He don't want to see no mamby-pamby Christians out there no more. He wants to see Christians that are saying, this is what my God did for me. Amen? And if I just ask, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Amen. See, in 1 Corinthians it says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but listen to this, y'all, the power of God. How'd y'all like that? Power! I could tell a story, but I don't have enough time. Gen uh, Genesis 1, and I'm closing. Wait, I got two more after this one. So. Genesis 1, 26. So is that, that power of God, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth. And so God, oh, thank you. I can read fast, but. Uh, so God created, I'm new to this, so hang with me, okay, please? <laughs> so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, he, him, male. Everybody say male and female. Okay, that's another sermon. We're not going there right now. Created he, them. All right, you can go to the 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Well, when we're talking about dominion and authority, He lays it out there for us. But it's our choice. Do I choose to operate in the dominion and authority that I'm granted? Well, there might be some of y'all go, oh, that's in the Old Testament. No, it didn't go away. Jesus fulfilled it, but the law is still there. It still works. It still works. <coughs> Sorry. Wait. A little <coughs> 13 again, I guess. I don't know. Authority is delegated power, y'all. Authority is as strong. Listen to this. Authority is as strong as the power behind it. Whoa, Jesus. Well, my God's behind my power. And that's as strong as it gets. Amen. I could do a mic drop right here and just walk off and we'd be good, but I'm not through. Listen to this. I wrote this down. Power behind the body of Christ is the greatest power in all creation. The power of God. Greater is in is he that is in and well, but you know, and I, I noticed that because the Bible says you instead of me. But so I'm, I'm, but I like me too. So he's in you and me, right? But we have to make it personal for us, y'all. When we read a scripture, sometimes you need to put your name in there. Greater is he that is in Ricky than is he that is in the world. Amen. It's a choice. And so when we decide to choose that power and dominion, it told us in. Let's go. It's all right. I didn't tell her I was going to do that back. But it tells us we have dominion over everything, over every creeping thing. And I'm going to tell y'all that there's some creeping things out there that are people. I'm going to leave it there. Okay? I'm serious, though. 
We have dominion over those people, but we have to speak to them. And yes, sometimes we have to pray for them. And if you pray for them and don't know what to pray for, pray in the Holy Ghost. Because He will give you what... Yeah, because sometimes it's hard to pray nice for people that are creeping. But you pray in the Holy Spirit and it will come out right. Amen? Amen? We saw when we were in the airport in Austin real fast. We were sitting there eating breakfast Friday morning. And there's this man. And I mean a man. He was big. And he had on this green... Uniform. He had on this vest and he had this big pistol and he had this big dog. And we're at this, and he's standing over here in this alcove. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's a good one. And he's standing right there and he's just watching like this. And she and I are eating in a minute. He goes, Sir! And she and I are like, What the? I mean, I was glad I wasn't taking a bite of egg. It had been. The people next to me might have been wearing it, you know. And he said, you, sir, stay with your bags. And I was like, he took his dominion and his authority over that situation. The man in the restaurant got up and left his bag. And it's a serious thing. You know, we're supposed to, that's what we're supposed to do. It's like the word. What's what we're supposed to do? And we have dominion and authority if we use the word. He used his dominion and authority. And let me tell you what, that man got his bags. <laughs> I'm looking for mine going, where are they? <laughs> but as Christians, we can take a lesson from that. We go, now, if you want to, don't do that anymore, devil. No. In Jesus' name, devil, you get under my feet. It says in Psalms 8, 6 that put everything back under our feet. So why don't you start speaking that and choosing to do that over your life, over your kids and over your family and everything that you take care of for God. Y'all do know that you don't really own anything. This is my philosophy, okay? Even though and it talks about tithe in the Bible and everything, but God gives me the tithe to give. The Man, I just take care of it, and I'm blessed to get to. I used to not think that way, but I do now. I get it. I choose I choose. What do you choose? What do you choose? I'm going to close with this. I'm going to flip over to Revelations 22. This is good. This is good. Revelations 22, 12 says, And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Y'all, we're blessed. If we walk in God's way, we're blessed. Jesus says so right here. That they may have right to the tree of life. Don't you want the right to the tree of life? Don't you want to live that way, the right way? Instead of the world's way. Don't give in y'all. Choose. And may enter in through the gates. Into the city. And Jesus says in Matthew that the gate is narrow. There's a narrow gate and there's a wide gate. The narrow gate is few find it. But that's where the life is. Y'all we need to be out choosing life. And getting people to understand. We want you to go through that narrow gate. 
choose. And if you're here today and you might be visiting, I don't know because I just know a few of you. Have you chosen Jesus? Have you chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I tell people where I go because I do travel some. Not a lot, but I do travel. I was 25 before I was saved. And I went to a denominational church. And I won't tell you which one. Some of you may know. But because I played orchestra when I was in high school, I played in the orchestra at the church, you know. And I wasn't really a Methodist. I just played there. (laughs) But so we... I just told y'all. I guess the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell y'all. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth. We had our baby baptized when I was 25 or so. And we were talking to the the pastor. And he goes, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I went, "Uh, you have to do that? I mean, I believed in God. And I know who, I mean, I believed in Jesus. But nobody had ever told me that you had to confess it with your mouth out loud. And I'm like, I don't guess I have. I've been coming to this church since I was in high school, and you've never done an altar call. I didn't say that. But I look back now going, how many people were like me that you thought that you were saved because you just believed? But that's not what the Word says. The Word says to choose. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never chosen Jesus to be the Lord of your life, man, I beg you to right now. I beg you to. Don't go another day without having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know how y'all do it here, but the way that we do it, the way I do it, is that we're going to say a prayer. I'm going to have you say a prayer out loud. and But I'm not going to make you say it by yourself. All you believers need to get this prayer in your heart. Because y'all touch people that we can't touch. And you need to know how to lead people to the Lord in your job, wherever you're at. So we're going to say this prayer out loud. And if you've never chosen Jesus, man, I, I didn't fly all the way from Texas just to visit and hang out. Amen. So if you've never chosen Jesus, I want you to say this prayer with us. And believers, y'all say it with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. Say, Father in heaven, I open the door of my heart. And I ask you to save me. I believe you died on that cross. And you rose from the dead. Forgive me of my sins. I choose the narrow gate, Father. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. Now, before I say amen with your head bowed, if you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I'm not going to make you run up here or do anything silly. But the Word says that we should not be afraid to acknowledge Jesus Christ before man, and He'll acknowledge us before the Father. And so if you just did that today on the count of three, just stick your hand up. I'm going to acknowledge you and put it right back down. One, two, three. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo, Jesus.